as always, this episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast brought to you by Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise. 740 Mo'ova Street in Kulihikai. Holy. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu. Ahui Ho. Holy. Holy. Welcome back to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. We are very pleased to be joined by our dear friend, a very interesting dude, Tommy Waters. So Tommy is a defense attorney, a Richardson grad, former Hawaii state legislator, and he is running for City Council District 4 in Honolulu, which stretches from Alamoana out to Hawaii Kai. That's East Honolulu, essentially. Um, that's my district. That's that is Ryan's district. Yeah. So he uh, would we say you don't necessarily have a conflict of interest here, but this is going to be hopefully extra informative for you. Yeah, I want to know. Okay. Well, anyway, enough about us. Let's hear from Tommy. Tommy, how are you? Welcome hey, to the show. Hello, uh, guys, and thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thanks for coming. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity yeah. to speak to you two very interesting, handsome gentlemen. Oh, you're too kind. Natural, Go on, though. natural Go politician. On. <laughs> so, Tommy, tell us tell us about you. Tell us your story. Okay, well, I'm 53 years old, born and raised here in Honolulu. Um, actually, in Kaneohe was where I was born and raised. I lived three doors down from a dairy. You know, and Kaneohe was a rural place. You know, there was no Windward Mall. There was no parking meters in all of Kaneohe. You know, it was considered the country. Yeah. You know, there's two lanes going to and from town. It was still... Um, to put pork in your car and drive over the poly. You guys are too young. You probably don't remember <laughs> no, that. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody is knows. That, I mean, is for that those s- of you on the yeah. mainland, the poly is uh, a highway that runs from the windward side of the island to the south shore. So that's Kailua to Waikiki if you're looking uh, at a map. And it is considered incredibly bad luck to carry pork over the poly. Right. I, I was so impressed that you folks know that because... So key, you know, key question number one for the voters out there, have you ever carried pork over the poly? <laughs> I didn't for the first 20 years of my life. Now, <laughs> you know, you, you can't yeah. get around it. Blue Hawaii podcast <laughs> asking the tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but so uh, born and raised in Kaneohe, I moved to town and lived in Kahala since high school. I went to the Kamehameha schools uh, where I graduated in 1983. Thank you very much. And uh, went to the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Go gra- Bows. Go Bows. Graduated with a degree in political science and speech. And there's where I really, really got into politics, you know, Hawaii politics especially. I took this really interesting course from Marion Kelly. And you may recall her husband, John Kelly, was with Save Our Surf. You know, that was the group that saved Ala Moana Beach Surf, surf Spot. <clears throat> Did you guys know that Magic Island, there was uh, supposed to be two other islands, on the one on the other side of Alamoana Beach Park, really? and then a third island that goes straight across um, where all the surf spots are? I actually had no idea. No, I'd, I'd yeah. never heard about that. So this, this group called Save Our Surf came up. It was made up of surfers who fought against uh, building um, those other two islands, you know? And, and so this lady was teaching a course at the University of Hawaii, and I learned about this. And, and you know, I was just a kid when this was all going on. Um, but she encouraged us to go down to the legislature, pick a bill, any bill, and testify on it. You know, so, you know, being uh, part Hawaiian, there was a bill called the Right to Sue Bill. You know, Hawaiians who were on the waiting list for Department of Hawaiian Homes you know, or were on there forever. Mm-hmm. And when they tried to sue the government saying, hey, you're breaching the trust, you know, you're not putting Hawaiians on the land. Um, so I went and testified in favor of that bill. 
which would allow Hawaiians to sue the government for the breach of trust. Ultimately, they came up with this conciliar, conciliatory panel where if you have a claim, you make a claim, and then um, the claims panel make a, a presentation to the legislature, and then the legislature would um, <clears throat> either give reparations or some sort of uh, remedy. Okay. Anyway, uh, long story short, the bill died, and, um, well, ultimately, the legislature did nothing. Right, they did Shocker. not address That's the problem. The Hawaii legislature did nothing. Yeah, Are and you I sure? thought, you know what? I'm gonna go to law school. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be in a position to make a difference. Uh, so where did you go to you law know? school? Yeah, so I went to law school at William S. Richardson School of Law. You're did both of you go there? Alum. Well? Yeah. All right. Um, Harvard of the Pacific. Harvard of the Pacific. I thought I was the only one to use that term. <laughs> but anyway, but I went there because uh, because I thought that I needed to to be a politician because I looked around and all the other politicians were lawyers, right? <laughs> Which now in retrospect I, I didn't need to go. But you know I've met a lot of good people in in law school and it opened a lot of doors for me. So I I was stoked. After law school I. Uh, Clerk for Marie Milks at Circuit Court. Okay. Did that for two years. And then went on to the public defender's office because I had all these student loans to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the people's work. Yeah. Right. And I was a public defender for eight years, you know. And, and basically, I was helping indigent defendants. I was their voice. I was fighting for them because they had no voice, you know. And I thought I was making a difference in people's lives one at a time. And I was. But not until... A young man named Scott Nishimoto, who is now the judiciary chair in the state house, also uh, Josh's my rep. representative, yeah, yeah. and yeah. also arguably the most handsome man in Hawaii politics. <laughs> uh. You know, he likes to be compared to Dean Martin. Oh I yeah, don't know if you know that, uh, like a Japanese like, like Dean Pack, Martin, like like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got a statue of Dean Martin in his. No, office. the first time, the first time uh, I ever saw him, my, yeah. we were. Uh, it was like on a flyer or something yeah. when we were coming up the elevator in our apartment over in Kapuhulu and. Uh, <laughs> and one of the aunties in the elevator with me goes, oh, he's so cute, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, well, I'm interested to see if he can sing like Dean Martin. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have to get him on. Yeah, okay. So you met, you met Scott? So so, I my boss was now Supreme Court Justice Richard Pollack, right? Richard Pollack taught this course called Defense Clinic at mm -hmm. the law school. And it allowed law students for credit to come and uh, intern in a way um, with uh, attorneys at the public defender's office. There's also prosecution clinics, so you could go and, and be a prosecutor Narc. for a day if you wanted <laughs> to. But anyway, so Scott Nishimoto took the offense clinic, and Richard Pollack assigned him to me to do a second chair of jury trial. So, you know, he sat at council table with me all through a week-long jury trial, and we got to know each other really well. And one day, we're sitting in my office, and I asked him, hey, what are you going to do with your life? Are you going to come work here at the public defenders? At this point, I've been working there about eight years. Mm -hmm. You know, and he said, no, I'm gonna run for office. I said, really, where does that come from? You know, because, you know, deep down, that's what I, why I had even gone to law school, but yeah. I kind of lost track of that goal because, you know, you get into, you know, my career, Life gets working, in the way. Yeah. Life gets in the way, right? And, and I used to sit around in the public defender's office um, with the future mayor of the Big Island, he and our public defenders together, we used to just talk politics every single day and complain, complain, complain about how bad our politicians were and that, that they weren't doing a good lot. Like Josh and I. 
<laughs> Don't tell me you guys had a podcast too. You guys you had would, a podcast. You <laughs> That's why we started a podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. Shout yeah. out, shout out, Billy Kanoi. Get well soon. Uh, yes. Praying there for you, man. you go. Love, 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 and aloha. But anyway, so he says he's going to run for office, and um, I thought, geez, this young kid is following his dream, which is my dream. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, you know, I'm inspired by him. And he said, hey, he's going to have lunch with uh, now speaker um, uh, Psyche mm -hmm. and Sylvia Luke and Brian Schatz, our now senior United States senator. And he said, asked me if I wanted to join them. So that sure, I'll go and join them. And we had lunch together and they kind of interviewed me and grilled me. And I had known Scott Psyche since law school. He and I uh, were contemporaries in law school. Um, and you know, we hit it off and I decided, okay, I'm going to run for office. By then I, um, had moved to Kailua and mm -hmm. got married. I served on the Kailua neighborhood board cause I, I was into politics back then, but, um, I decided to run and I did. And by the way, I'm talking, if I'm talking too much, you guys can cut up, cut me off anytime. Oh, this is it's all relevant so interesting. far. So I, I ran against a, a Republican incumbent. And that district, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, the Republican incumbent was Joe Gomes. Mm. This was his first term. And before that was Kenny Goodenow, Democrat, one term or two terms. Before that was Eve Anderson, one term. This seat had turned over back and forth, back and forth. Very diverse area, right? Why Manalo is uh, very Democrat, Hawaiian um, Holmes. Mm -hmm. And then you have Lonnie Kai, mm -hmm. which is very Republican. I would never right? have guessed. Yeah. You know, but you know, it kind of fit me perfectly because I have, I had blonde hair at the time right? <laughs> and, and blue eyes. Right. And I'm Hawaiian, you know, so you check a lot of boxes. Yeah. yeah. I check a lot of boxes. Um, I started, geez, must've been like in either December or January of the election year or December just prior to it, and I walked door to door five times, five times just walking. I was against an incumbent. Did I didn't you win? Know, and I won. Oh. Well, get this. Interestingly, we had a Democratic primary, and Ikaika Anderson, now the sitting councilman for the area, mm -hmm. and I had the primary. So I, I barely beat Ikaika. Oh, wow. But the cool thing about that is, and a funny story is, he and I sat down early on in the campaign and we shook each other's hands and we tried to talk each other out of running <laughs> you know <laughs> but we decided at the end of that is that whoever won would help the other guy and we've become great friends ever since then and the day after the primary election he was right next to me on the side of the road i promise to god the day after sign waving with me wow, and it was just awesome. wonderful wonderful that's Hawaii's spirit, man. That's the wonderful. Aloha spirit. Yeah. And, you know, we have this unity breakfast, right, where Democrats come together after a contested primary, and we, we support each other and, and help each other rather than fight with each other. And that's exactly what happened. But I, I won, uh, ultimately, against Joe Gomes, unseating him, um, and served six years in the Hawaii State Legislature. Right on. Okay. And so then what spurred you to run for city council? Well, I quit politics in 2008. I did not lose an election back then. I, I decided to quit. My son was just born, my second child. And as you both probably know, it's important. 
you know, if you, if you're in office, you you basically got to be there all mm-hmm. the time. You know, I you'd be amazed. I I got things done um, because I was in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, for example, the Waimanalo Wastewater Treatment Plant had, like I said, the district had bounced back and forth between Democrat and Republican. And the wastewater treatment plant, which has been broken for a decade, right, um, could never get the funding. You know, one night, I, the budget was about to close, and I'm sitting in the capital improvement projects chairs, Bob Nakasone's office, and the chair of finance comes in, uh, Dwight Takamine, and it's like midnight, and you know, Bob asks Dwight, hey, can we help Tommy? And Dwight turns to me and says, what do you need, Tommy? And I said, $18 million for the Waimanalo Wastewater Treatment Plan. He said, well, let me see what I can do. That's, I'll write you a check. Yeah, well, he goes back and talks to Brian Tanaguchi, who's the Senate Ways and Means guy, and he comes back, okay, you got your $18 million. Wow. Which is amazing, right? But had I not been there at midnight, yeah. that wouldn't have happened. You know, that would not have happened. So fast forwarding, you know, I, my kids are just born and they were young and, you know, I, I missed my wife, you know, I was never home. So I decided, you know, I owe it to my kids to step down as much as I love politics and I love politics, right? It, it's in my genes. Um, but I decided to step down, right, to raise my family and no regrets at all none whatsoever but that was in 2008 now my kids are a little older i talked to them you know my daughter's got actually turning 13 tomorrow right wow yeah so i talked to the kids and they're like dad you should run again so I'm like all right i'll i'll do that you know i gotta tell you guys and as you both know politics is um probably the most challenging thing i've ever done right but also the most rewarding thing, you know, when you see the fruit of your labor, mm-hmm. right? Like the Wyoming All the Wastewater Treatment Plant, you know, and you, we activated the community. We all got involved. And that's a whole nother story. Once the legislature passed it, the governor wouldn't release the money mm. and how we got it done. But um, who was the governor at that time? Linda Lingle. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah. She was the, for the, those of you listening at home, she was the Republican governor who ruined everything. <laughs> Well, yeah, well. <laughs> He's like, ah, you're not no wrong. No comment not from wrong. former rep no, So you moved You moved from the east side, you moved to town. And now, so tell us about District 4, because it's a, it's a big district, but it's a really diverse district. It is. So I've been walking door to door since January 10th, every day. Wow. Every day since January 10th. And I How many doors have you knocked on? Geez, 5,000 doors so far. Oof, your knuckles are bloody. Yeah, yeah, well, that's because I was pounding signs the other day. They literally are bloody, right? Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, it's, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I missed, uh, I missed the, with the hammer, I missed the thing and knocked my, the skin off my finger. But anyway, <laughs> um, started in Aina Haina, right? This was before the flood. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking down along the stream and you could see how overgrown the stream was. And uh, the homeowners who lived along the stream said, Tommy, we need to clean the stream. I'm afraid if a big rain comes, yeah. it's going to be bad. And what uh, what happened like a w- couple weeks after that? In April. Yeah, a couple months April, after that. A big old, a big old uh, rain came. There was a big one in February too, though, yeah. I don't know if, it bre- if the stream breached, but I remember February... Uh, like Waimanalo, yeah. that was when Wa- Nalo Greens like almost went out of business because of that flood. Our government doesn't seem to understand that. It rains in Hawaii. 
Well, you know, so it kind of highlights the need for maintenance yeah. Yeah. of our streams and culverts, right? I, I've been back there since and the stream is cleared out, but not from the city doing its job, but it's cleared out from the rain. You know, and I have a before and after picture, which I can show you folks and you can put it on your yeah. podcast okay, if we'll you want. It. But I actually have pictures of it. It was just appalling, actually. But it started in Aina Haina, then Kulio O, Hawaii Kai, um, Diamond Head, Kahala, Wilhelmina Rise. I just finished Wilhelmina Rise and I'm about to start Wailaiki. And what I'm learning is every, even though it's all East Honolulu, every little neighborhood has their own particular concerns mm -hmm. and interests and problems you know and that are that are different from the others yeah we tend so to think of it as you know oh all those rich guys living in east honolulu but that's not actually the case necessarily what are some of the concerns you're seeing in district four well for example in kaimuki the monster homes are, are just out of control right and by the way this is a new phenomenon right mm -hmm. or a new occurrence that's happened within the last four years since our current council member has been in office, right? He was the pl planning and zoning chair during this time and he didn't do anything, right? That concerned me that, and that's one of the reasons I decided to run again. I was not gonna run, you know, by the way, he beat me by, I came 41 sh votes short four years ago against him. So this, this uh, is actually a perfect segue because this was gonna be our next question is, you know, you're taking on an incumbent uh, some of, and we were going to say some of our listeners may not know this is a rematch, but it is a rematch. Um, Twenty fourteen, it was really, really close. Uh, why did you decide to run again, and what are you doing differently this time around? Well, so thank you. So I wasn't gonna run again, you know, um, because it's really difficult to take on an incumbent. Incumbents typically are very well funded. Although I beat Joe Gomes, who was an incumbent, but it's true, you know. Um, so, so that. I thought about that, but um, really what it was, was in the last four years, I saw that he had introduced and passed two bills. This is the first thing that entered my mind, right? First one was baby changing tables in public restrooms, which is, you know, admirable, nothing wrong Much with needed, that. Much needed, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the second one was free golf for juniors at public courses, which again, hey, not necessarily a bad thing you know that's something i could get behind and the community can get behind but you know what there's a lot of more pressing problems too like monster homes homelessness cost of living the rail right property taxes and none of that stuff seemed to be getting addressed and then you know community members would tell me tommy please run again <laughs> will you please you know and i at first i was very hesitant to do so but you know, as I started to do more research and watching the incumbent on Olelo and on um, uh, various neighborhood board meetings, and, you know, it's kind of demeaning towards people, you know, and I didn't like that at all. You say he's demeaning towards people. In what way? So anybody who disagreed with him, he kind of tried to put them in, in their place. You know, I watched this one woman from Waikiki come and testify about a building that they're going to build in Waikiki. And she didn't want them to pass it, right? Planning and zoning. And he chastised her, you know, and, and made her feel small. And, and to me, that was just a lack of respect. You know, people have a right to voice their opinions. We as politicians, our job is to listen, right? And every opinion matters. Every opinion counts. You know, whether or not I disagree with it, 
you know my job is to be your representative right so you know i didn't like that at all and that happened quite a number of times and other people have told me what happened to them you know and then other people have told me about how he's squeezing squeezing guys for money um campaign contributions right and it bears out look at his campaign spending report it's all developers mm-hmm. right and i think he had over two hundred thousand dollars as of december of 2017 wow i, I i'm curious what it's going to be now it's the next report's going to come out in a few minutes or a few days so that's that's concerning to me as well you know when you take that much money from developers really where is your heart mm-hmm. is it with the people or with, you know yeah. our constituents the developers or seem to be doing just fine I'm not worried about the developers. Yeah. So, you know, th- so another thing came up in, in Aina Haina, right? There's this big, huge development up on uh, the ridge behind Kikilani Circle. Oh, yeah. Which is right next to by Aina Haina, close to your house, sort of. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the community fought against this years ago and was able to shut it down. But this time it snuck up. While Trevor Ozawa was the council's chair, or excuse me, planning and zoning chair, right? And nobody knew about it until it was too late, until they cut deep, deeply into the ridge, you know? I was talking to some residents of Aina Aina, and they told me they thought there was burial caves up there that could have been destroyed. Yeah, which is very sad, actually. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um... I'm not sure if I answered your question. No, that's, a, that's enough reasons to not vote for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> we won't even we won't even say his name. <laughs> uh, so we, a study just came out the other day. Uh, Civil Beat picked it up. Uh, Ninety three thousand dollars is now officially considered low income in Hawaii, which means uh, if I was single and a whole lot of people I know are now considered low income. Uh, so your district has some of Hawaii's most affluent neighborhoods. Uh, but also a lot of working and middle-class ones. What would you do at the city council to help ease the cost of living strain? That's a good question. And and just to follow up, you know, walking door to door, um, a lot of people are in their 70s, 80s, 90s. I've even met people in their hundreds, you know, who are on fixed income. They're not making anywhere near $93,000 a year, right? And whenever a home sells next to them and they're now property is valued at the same price that that the home that sold next to them how are they going to afford that right so one of the things i'd like to do is increase the homeowners exemptions for seniors so that they can age in place you know i've seen other neighborhoods like lanikai where local people were forced out of their homes in a way they sold it right but they couldn't afford the property taxes and i'd hate for that to happen in our neighborhood you know where these these seniors can't afford to live in their home that they lived in for 50 60 years you know i think we need to take a a, a closer look at at what we're spending our money on you know um the budget increased by 3.5 million under our current councilman you know when he said that he was going to take a closer look at at um at expenses but it seemed to grow you know at what expense though Mm. right but um, Are you finding a lot of uh, vacant homes, vacation homes, second and third homes that are sitting sitting there, sitting empty? Depends on what neighborhood you go to. If you go to Port Lock, there's a lot of that. There really is. And, and in Kahala, a, a lot of that. But not in Kaimuki yeah. or Kapahulu. 
you know where, it, the, where ordinary where ordinary working folks live yeah or hard-working folks <laughs> in in kamiki kapahulu actually all over the district but you know what i found a lot of which never used to happen was bed and breakfasts you know you got bed and breakfasts on willamina rise yeah or transient vacation rentals you know in in weird places that never they never were before you know and you'd see the random tourists at the bus stop with their map right on willamina rise it's like well, geez what's going on why can you keep full <laughs> yeah but you know like we've talked about this before you can't really blame the homeowner for doing that necessarily i mean it's expensive and if you're that senior citizen who's on a fixed income and you've got an extra bedroom or uh, an ohana unit on your property like you got to make money somehow yeah. it's like you it's we're putting the in my mind and this isn't the question that was asked but we're putting the emphasis of wrongdoing on on the wrong people it's it's not on it shouldn't be on the homeowner who's just trying to make a little extra money it should, should be, be on the investment property people it should be on the investment property people it should be on it should be on the city and county for not incentivizing building enough enough affordable housing which would be something that would come under your control so speaking of that's a perfect segue how do we how do we get around to building more affordable housing before i answer that question though yeah. i'd like to get back to what ryan was saying and i got i don't have a problem with um someone in order to help pay their mortgage mm-hmm. have a renter there right it's just too bad they wouldn't be a long-term renter rather yeah. than a short-term rental agreed right be- because that's part of the problem you mm-hmm. know but what I'm finding is you have these homes who are second and third homes um, where the owner, you know, has a business of bed and b- breakfast or bed and breakfast. Actually, you got to distinguish between the two, right? Bed and breakfast is where you have a, um, the owner occupier and then a transient vacation rental is where you rent out the whole house. And transient vacation rentals is, is a lot bigger of a problem. And this is what I'm talking about, where one owner will have three or four houses and he's renting them out by the day, right, rather than by the month. And these guys are making a lot of money and it's really Mm -hmm. changing the neighborhoods. And what's happening is, and um, what I've told by the neighbors is, when they're partying, right, these these tourists are coming in. They're on vacation in a a neighborhood, right? And it's just disruptive. I lived in Atlanta for a bit and that was a huge problem. There was one guy that had bought a house it was like a two-story place, and he turned it into two vacation rentals, and he advertised it on Airbnb as Fort Fiesta, and Jesus. the neighbors called the cops all the time. Which that that is a that's a different problem entirely, but it is endemic to that transient vacation rental. Right, but to answer your question, I mean, you know, the city and the state, for that matter, got out of the business of building affordable houses and um, low-income housing. You know. And I think we got to step up and start to, to build again, right? And perhaps using state land and or city land to do so. Um, in addition, I think we could get incentive, well, incentivize it by perhaps um, either reducing or waiving sewer hookup fees for builders who are willing to build affordable and um, low income housing or permitting fees as well. Um, because there is a, sh- a shortage. There's, there's the inventory isn't there, right? Kind of excited also about transient-oriented development. Sure. You know where we could build along the rail line, where you know it make it convenient for people to, if they live right next to the rail line, just get, get on the rail and come into town mm-hmm. to work. But 
really excited about that as a possibility you know speaking of things that are badly needed uh here in honolulu we have a really big problem with ambulance shortages uh currently i haven't seen a lot of movement or i guess maybe actually let me contextualize that if you call an ambulance uh you don't know where it's coming from and if one's coming to you from somewhere far away on the island then somebody needs it at that part of the island then they don't have it and what would you do as a city council member to help with that problem that's an excellent question um you know the city has basic core functions right and part of that is fire police and ambulance in east honolulu we got one ambulance right that's not good one ambulance and what i've been told by the by them um is that they get called to nanakuli way on the other side of of oahu Oahu. they get called out of east honolulu almost every day you know that concerns me because what happens if someone falls ill has a heart attack or whatnot in east honolulu and our ambulance is out on the other side of the island right now what i've been told is we got a call from waimanalo and the waimanalo ambulance will come around and and help east honolulu but what happens if waimanalo needs that ambulance Mm -hmm. that's a scary thought right and they're they're hanging on by a thread you know we need to fully fund our ambulance system which means we got to buy at least half a dozen more i know it's expensive but think about it public safety that's important very good question what's an ambulance run (laughs) <laughs> it's very expensive. Oh. Yeah, it's it's probably about $100,000. Okay. And then you need the crew too, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But again, this is the core function of the city, right? Yeah. Police, fire, ambulance, right? And Road, junior, don't forget about junior golf. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. All right. So uh, one thing we've been asking a lot of candidates lately is if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh my goodness. I'd have to think about that for a minute. Let me, let's come back okay. to that. I got, I got one. So you mentioned uh, in the beginning of our chat, you, for, you got involved with the Save Our Surf um, you, and your story about uh, cleaning up the river in Inahina or the stream in Inahina. Um, your, this district, District 4, is full of, you know, it has a huge coastline, lots of waterways, lots of natural greenery. Um, can you talk a little bit about your environmental stance and what you would bring to the council? You know, you're, I know you're a, a waterman, a paddler yourself, so... We'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I was really disappointed on the national level where we pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement, right? And I was happy to see that our state and county um, officials want to stay in. You know, there's a climate change and resiliency um, office here with the city. And oh my goodness, I talked to one of the people there, uh, a few of them actually, and their budget was almost completely wiped out um, by Trevor Ozawa, right? And there must have been about 102 pieces of testimony in favor of putting that money back in. And thank goodness, you know, he succumbed to the pressure and he put it back in. But he was about to wipe it out. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about it, we could be underwater. Our infrastructure could be seriously damaged. We got to start thinking about What's going to happen rise, yeah. when sea level rise occurs? You Which, know, you know, we got crazy weather all over the state. 
Yeah. Anything is possible. The king tides. I mean, yeah. the, all the signs are here, right? So, um, you know, we got to keep our water and aquifers safe, right? You know, and, and I'm concerned, you know, the Sierra Club had sued over those uh, fuel tanks in Red Hill, mm. right? And so I was at a neighborhood board and, and um, the person... Uh, from the Navy came out and was talking about it. And these tanks were built, you know, 60 something years, yeah. 60 plus years ago. You know, they're gonna leak. They're that old. Can you imagine an earthquake would just damage that thing? Where does all that fuel go, right? Right into our aquifer. Mm. Oh my goodness. You know, that's scary, scary stuff. Yeah. But our, you know, like you said, I'm a surfer and a canoe paddler and I enjoy the ocean and we got to do everything we can to keep our oceans clean and safe. And part of the problem is the runoff coming from, I mean, we're building so much, right? It, this big rain actually was kind of a sign, right? When you harden the landscape and mm -hmm. you take away the trees, where does all that water go? It doesn't seep down into the earth. It runs off, you know, causing floods and all that stuff goes Carries into the ocean. Carries everything with it too, yep. yeah. Yeah, so pesticides, you know, whatever other chemicals people are using, all goes into the ocean, and it's killing our reefs, and it's it's crazy. Um, two nights ago, we had a candidate forum mm -hmm. in Hawaii Kai, but after the candidate forum, Nainoa Thompson came, and he started talking about Mauna Loa Bay and how special it was to him growing mm. up. Listeners, for uh, for those of you who who on the mainland who may not be familiar, uh, Nainoa Thompson is sort of the OG canoe waterman expert in Hawaii. Uh, he's captain of the Hokulea, uh, the famous Polynesian uh, voyaging canoe. Sorry, please. Yeah, and he was talking about what the bay was like when he was a kid, you know, where you could walk out onto the reef and fish right there, like within walking distance, yeah. and you'd catch food for dinner, you know, and how his mentor taught him. You know, it was the milkman mm -hmm. who was his mentor from fisherman time oh, or old small Hawaii, kid time. Man. Yeah, it was so cool. And he goes, you know, nowadays the, the reef is, is not the same. You know, it's just not. And, you know, you listen to these old stories and it just inspires me to want to help and want to work with the community to, to save our resource. In Thailand, you can get 20 years in prison for insulting the king. In Honolulu, you can get 20% off at Royal Thai Garden for mentioning the Blue Hawaii podcast. Royal Thai Garden, Eva Beach, 96706, the best Thai food, the best Laotian food, the best shrimp. Everything is good. Just go there, eat it. It's great. Mention Blue Hawaii podcast, get 20% off. 20%. Blue All right, so one question that we ask everybody, and this is probably the hardest hitter and the one that's going to really determine whether people vote for you or not. What's your favorite restaurant? <laughs> doesn't have to be in District 4, but I, I can imagine it would probably help you win some votes. It's going it to help is. if it's in District 4. You know, I like Asagio's right across the street. You were the third. Everybody says Asagio's. Really? Asagio's. Oh. really? I mean, it's I like so it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. but It's delicious. I love Italian wow. food. Wow. And it's really good. And and by the way, it's right across the street from my 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 well, apartment. I live in the Kahala Towers, by the way, and it's like literally across the street. All right. What's your like, what's your like? stripped down like just just hanging out friend comes into town you're not gonna yeah. do anything fancy where do you take them i just want something that's not a saggio yeah. 
Sergio's is closed. <laughs> you're, I think you're the third person yeah. in a week that, in, in uh, the last three interviews. Health department, health department shut it down. Everybody got food poisoning. No Sergio. Actually, we shouldn't say that. We should that, that, that has never actually, happened. <laughs> that's <laughs> never happened. Sergio's has always been healthy, and yeah. to our knowledge, has always passed their uh, don't, food inspections. Please don't sue. But in in the impossible scenario that Sergio's, you know, hit by a meteor, they've been so successful that they just quit. Yeah. They just said, you know what, we're done. Yeah. We've made all the money we want to make, and they're no longer available. Okay. You know, we actually have a lot of really cool eateries in Kaimakia and on Wailai Avenue. There's that, a lot of good ones. so cool, man. Um, I like 12th Avenue Grill. Yeah, uh, there you, you go. Know, it's super good food, and it's really lively, and it's fun. And, you know, there's interesting people to talk to if you sit at the bar and order poo-poos, you know. Um Big City Diner is classic. is always a classic. No I like diner to take finer. Take my kids there with the with the chili, and you take the dollop of mayonnaise and put it on the top. Right, it's always good. Super local OG cred. Yep. You know, I'm campaigning all the time, so I don't yeah. have time to cook. So sure. I go to Pearls. You get okay. you've been to Pearls in Kahala Mall. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, that mix Pearls mixed plate is Korean barbecue, a right? mountain. Yeah. Korean barbecue, just a mountain of food. Yeah, we've been <laughs> it, going it to. It feeds my whole family. We've been going to Puka's like once a week. It's the the Whole Foods, the Whole Foods Kalam All restaurant. Yes, yes, God, yes. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Those are good. Respect- solid recommendations. Very respectable. Any other things you'd like yeah. to say as parting thoughts? Any any, fi- any final words of wisdom or? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the election, it's so important to vote. You know, and in this race, there's over 100,000 registered voters in this district. 100,000, right? Only about 40,000 people voted wow. in the last general election I'm talking. And this race came down to 41 votes. 41 votes. Yeah. You know, that's less than one one hundredth of 1%, right? 41 yeah. votes. It's just crazy, right? So every vote counts. Every vote counts, and I just encourage people to get out there. Do your research on your, on other candidates and myself. And if I can, I'll put my cell phone on there. Tommy, my Tommy Waters, Tommy Waters dot com is my is my website, but also my phone number three five four one one seven eight. The only man that's in Hawaii politics yeah. willing to give you his yeah. personal cell phone number. Yes, and by the way, my I tell people. When, when I walked door to door, I put it on all my brochures. Yeah. And I put it on everything that I mail too. And guess what? Um, nobody calls. I'm going to keep... No, I'm going <laughs> to keep the number. No, you're right. Nobody calls. <laughs> I just you don't write? You don't call? <laughs> I um, <laughs> I'm not going to change my cell phone. Yeah. Right? If I'm fortunate enough to get elected. So you have my cell phone. You can call me. Get direct access to your council person. That's not a bad deal. Right? That's, That's not a bad deal. Offer. I mean... More yeah. politicians. I don't know Trevor Ozawa's phone number. No. Yeah, direct access to me. Um, but thank you guys so much for the opportunity and nice meeting you both and talking story with you both. Likewise, Thanks for coming man. on, Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Waters, candidate for city council, all around good brother, Tommy Aloha, Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Leadership with a law. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.